in my little work with God and in the preaching ministry, the Lord had shown me two basic things to preach. I said the scattered messages that were left to us by the apostles, the relics of their messages for us in the scriptures, and the several hundreds of materials that are available for preachers like me. From my own personal work with God, there are two things God had shown me that must be taught to the body of Christ. Number one is the grace of God, that which Jesus Christ bequeathed on us, that which he gave to us, or that which God gave to us through his son Jesus Christ. We are seen saying the same thing, of course. And number two is the responsibility of the believers to God and to Jesus who is the head. And that is what I call righteousness. In other words, God had called me to show people the nature of the life they received from Him. Because this is not taught in the body of Christ. Thank God for the fathers and great ministries that are springing up, emphasizing different subjects that are very important to our work with God. But very little ministries emphasize the place of right living, right being. The place of trusting God to make you a portal through which the very art of redemption will be expressed through. Many ministries have come up teaching faith, teaching success, teaching prosperity. These are not bad. They are areas we have got to explore. God is a God of wealth and he wants us to live well, even to have material substances. But then if care is not taken, we teach greed. And then we begin to teach as though or focus the people at on material acquisition instead of focusing them on the very primary reason why Jesus died, which is a life to be lived. So faith is not just a tool to acquire things, as emphasis has been placed over the years. Faith is also a life. And what I'm looking at here is the identity of that life, how we know that life. We know a mango tree by the fruit on it. We know a guava by the fruit on it. We know trees by their fruit. We know flowers by their colors and the way um, they turn out to be. In other words, we have got to know a believer. When you turn here and everybody is claiming is a believer, churches are springing up every corner. Everybody is, 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 is identifying. I don't know. I want to use the word wants to identify with Christ but do not actually know what Christ has accomplished. So I'm called to actually speak on the grace of God, this goodness of God that brought us to the Father, and much more to make men see that in salvation, God placed himself on the inside of us, and the end result of salvation is righteousness, DKUCNA. And that's why I cannot do ministry without emphasizing God in man, because that is the whole scope of the scripture. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, God said, I will make man, and I will dwell in him. And by dwelling in him, I'm going to live through him. And by living through him, he's going to be an authority on my behalf. So the word man, 
just not does not just only suggest mankind the word man also suggests dwelling places just like the word god gave to moses tabernacle where i dwell is man's dwelling place the more is in genesis chapter 2 verse 7 says that and god made man in his own image and breathed in his nostril the breath of life and man became a substance like god and you know the real focus is that when god breathed in adam what god did was that he placed himself in man so by salvation, God placed himself on the inside of me. So I'm not just trying to look at who is born again, who is not born again, or to say that certain things must be in your life to be born again. As a matter of fact, you know that it's not what we... So you know that it's not what we did rightly or wrongly that made us saved. It's, it is all of his grace. But really, if we are born again, because this has disturbed me for years... If you are born again, we should be able to know who is saved. Many people are saying Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord, real, really, real, 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 real. That is good. Nobody doubts that. But really, if Jesus is the Lord of your life, we are not just confessing it. He's the Lord of your life means that He's in control of your life. And if He's in control of your life, then we know by the way you live. You are not saved by the way you live, but the end of salvation is to show us your life. Which must be according to God. Never you forget that scripture I've been quoting over and over. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 23. Put on the new man which is created according to God in righteousness and holiness. So if the man that is on the inside of you is according to God, then you cannot live otherwise. So that is why I'm just clarifying. And you know, this subject I'm teaching is not a new subject. I've taught it for years, I've written several books on it, several articles on it. I have done several teachings on it. And now the Holy Ghost is still putting it in my spirit to, to, to speak up on it. And I, I feel that it is very necessary I do so. Because it's not about me, about what I have to say. It is about what the Son of God is saying. So Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Let me pick from there. Then I go to chapter 2 verse 7. Genesis chapter 1 from verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our own image. The word man means mankind, the human race. In our own image, according to our likeness. According means in the manner of our attributes. To have the same characteristics like we have. Our image suggests our portrait, our picture, our identity, our brand. Let them look like us. But really man cannot look like God or possess his characteristics without the life of God. So God is not just who he is in form. And that is why, you know, I don't know that scripture I showed you. Okay, it is in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Apostle Paul said, we have given ourselves to you so that you will know that we are not just claiming to be God's people in appearance, but we are in the heart. So who a believer is, is who he is in the heart. In the heart. In 1 Peter chapter 3, Apostle Peter calls the new creature a man that is gentle and quiet in heart, in spirit. So it is who we are in the spirit. So we are looking at the nature. That's what I'm just looking at. And that's my assignment, to show the nature of God in man, to reveal the Father. This is the revelation of the Father. 
God is not just a ghost that is on the on the inside of us, pushing us here and there, making us to lose our mind, making us not to know what we do uh, part-time, or making us not to know how we choose to live or how we can perfectly coordinate our lives. No. But we want to see the identity of God. God is not mystic. God said that we make man in my image after my likeness, and I will make him to have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the bears of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he, he him, male and female, he created them. Verse 28, and God blessed them, and God said, Let them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the beasts of the air, over every living thing that moves upon the earth. Chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the earth that talks about his body. But besides this body, and God breathed into his nostril the breath of life, and man became a living soul. So man is an expression of God. And that's what I'm teaching. That's what I'm showing you. That's what I'm showing you. You are the expression of God. And you must not be anything other than, well, that is what you are meant to be. Glory be to God forevermore. So this season, I'm just focusing on what you have become. I'm not just trying to tell you that you are not what you say you are. But really, I'm helping you to actually understand the nature of your being and to actually give you evidence or investigate you to really see that you are the you that God intended you should be. And I'm doing this because I am not interested in experiencing God and manifesting Him just only by walking in miracles just only by praying, just only by being much in utterance, not just only by preaching and teaching eloquent, eloquently. As we have seen many people do today, I desire to manifest a dimension of God that is rarely seen in believers. This dimension is shown in my manner of life, in my emphasis, in the way I live, in the way I love people, that is in my love life, in my treatment of others, in my value for others' people. Other people. My value for the rights of others. Whether they are saved or unsaved, it does not matter. I must be other people-centered. I must pay others-centered. I must be other people-centered in my, in my labor of love. I must respect and honor other people. Honor their opinions, honor their decisions, honor their feelings, honor their views. Many believers lack this manifestation of God's value. Yes, they articulate. Yes, they speak in tongues. Yes, they preach the scriptures articulately. They, were, they are very eloquent. But the real taste of the life of God in them, they lack. In fact, they are not tolerant. They are not considerate. They are full of jealousy, full of suspicion, full of gossip, full of backbite. Incising others, causing division, insubordinate. These people haven't understood God yet. They have not experienced Him. 
Paul said you have not so learned Christ. If you have learned Christ, you will know that the truth is in Christ. That is, that's not what Christ is. If you have known what Christ is, your life will be nothing but reality as obtained in God. So the life of a believer is reality as obtained in God, nothing else. So the end point of salvation is the deliverance of your soul. The deliverance of your emotions, the deliverance of your will from the works of the flesh. And this the very depth of God I intend to teach to every believer I come across or who happens to be a member of this ministry. Hallelujah. So we have the life of God now. And we have got to be ready to live it. So that's what I want to teach. And that's what you have got to prepare your mind for. What kind of a believer are you? Do you really look like your father? If you are like your father, can we place your your traits, your characteristics, your values side by side the traits of God and see who you really become. That is the test of a true believer. If you are not these things I'm saying, then you are not a believer. Don't check your life. 